there was a couple of things that I learned and it, there, there is some beauty in that, in that I did reimagine uh, parts of my life and especially my work life. And I got a really great opportunity to start over. And um, I, I did see it to some degree for what it was then, but obviously that kind of a deep, you know, a deeper view of it only really becomes clear as you walk through it. So mm-hmm. at least I was willing to take that next step and start over and, and today just let just begin. Welcome to the Art of Communication, where entrepreneurs learn to grow their business more effectively through mastering their ability to connect to others. Whether you're looking to increase revenue, widen your network, or just getting others to buy into your vision, we'll help you dramatically transform your business and life by communicating more effectively, improving your leadership skills, and reinvesting time back into your family. You're only one good conversation away from transforming your business and your life. So let's start the conversation with your host, Greg Rice. Hey guys, today I got to sit down with Priscilla McKinney. Priscilla is the CEO and Mama Bird for Little Bird Marketing, which is her social media content marketing company. She's also the host of Ponderings from the Perch podcast. And we got into lots of interesting stuff. For one, she was uh, raised with a missionary family who participated in a traveling music group. So they traveled all around the world. And we got to talking about what she learned about communication from those experiences. She had a really unique upbringing. She's also a cultural anthropologist by trade. So we got into some of what she learned about communicating at the cultural level, which was just a really interesting conversation. We also talked about how she leveraged communication to make it through a very hard time when she actually saw her studio and her business burn to the ground and how others came to help her and how she was able to repay that when other folks had some tragedies in, in her neighborhood and her area. And then finally, she, she really focuses a lot on asking the hard questions and on telling, tru- telling the hard truths, right? So we talked about the importance of that and how we might be able to all do that a little bit better. So it was a real pleasure talking with with Priscilla. I really enjoyed our discussion. Um, And and I think anybody looking to better understand and have better empathy for the target customer is going to get a whole lot from this episode. Priscilla, welcome to the Art of Communication podcast. Really excited to have you on today. Thanks. I'm really glad to be here. But you know, just the title of it, the art of communication, I mean, no pressure, right? <laughs> That's right. That's how I kind of feel about it too, right? Um, I have to this live will up be to the, the expectations. Exactly. This will be the Picasso of episodes, right? <laughs> it feels very, it feels like a lot of intimidation factor, but I'm going to do my best. I'm sure you'll do awesome and I'll try to make it easy for you. <laughs> You have uh, one thing that really jumped out at me about you is just you have a really diverse and colorful background of travel, of cultural anthropology, of marketing, of doing so many different things. Um, I'd love to just start by talking about where your interest in human behavior came from, because I feel like human behavior is at the center of all of that. Well, what you didn't mention was my long and sordid history with puppetry. So <laughs> That might have been something that wasn't on my radar so much. <laughs> Um, I grew up in Spain. I am the fifth of five girls and I'm from a missionary family. And so that's basically entrepreneurship 101 because you're selling something. Every day. (laughs) And yeah, and you're a part of the band and we literally were part of the band. 
And, uh, you know, there's a lot of performance. There's a lot of things like that that go with it. And um, for us, also living overseas went with it. So, you know, living as a in a third culture, and I think some of you who've lived overseas understand that, you know, you're not really a part of the culture you live in. You're really not a culture, part of the culture from where you're from. You're part of this weird third culture. And I think... Yeah. That's really where I love, you know, studying how humans interact, how we agree to interact, and then all of the funny things that happen in between. Yeah, and, and something that's always fascinated me is, is, I guess, the secrets of how to connect when you're in different environments and different cultures. Like, how do you get a feeling for what the norms are and how to communicate with folks when you're in a completely different world than what you're used to? Yeah, there can be some real difficulties on the learning curve. But also, I think what I came away from my childhood with was the sense of urgency, like very quickly get to know people because guess what, I'm moving in a year. And so you're going to have a very, very lonely life if you don't get approachable very quickly. And if you are not willing to break down some of those barriers, whether, whether they're cultural or even in our own culture, whether they're emotional or social or, um, you know, educational or socioeconomic or whatever it's going to be, you know, it was just a decision for me to try and, you know, get there sooner. I want relationships you can have them and they can take 20 years or they can take 20 minutes. Really the same principles apply. Wow. Yeah, that's great. So thinking about becoming approachable and thinking about going from 20 years to 20 minutes, uh, how, how does one do that? How did you get good at that? <laughs> um, some people say it's about being authentic and there's a big rally cry for authenticity in our yeah. society these days. And I just, I think most of that is BS. <laughs> I think what the heart of what people are trying to say is be yourself. And that's true. Mm -hmm. But I joke mm -hmm. around in a lot of presentations, you know, none of us are really our authentic selves because you don't want to know what I think about most things. <laughs> and also you don't want to see my hair before I get it done. So um, we all put on a persona and I think we're all trying to lead with our best persona. And I kind of look at it like a, a bait and a fish situation, like use the kind of bait for the kind of fish you want to get. So if you want to, you know, it's a little bit the golden rule, but actually it's a little bit deeper. It's what I call the platinum rule. It's like do unto others what they want done to them, not what you want done to yourself. So if they, you know, you got to kind of take your cues from someone else about what's going to make them comfortable. What's going to, what, what, what needs do they have, you know, and, and being able to very quickly adapt and be able to put them first. I think that's the key to making it closer to the 20 minutes than the 20 years. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I think it comes down to four kind of things that kind of build up into authenticity in a way, but are maybe different, right? So the first one is self-awareness, mm -hmm. right? You got you got to understand who you are and where you're coming from and, and what your biases are and all those things. The second one is curiosity, right? Like you have to have a deep curiosity about the other person and care about that, right? And then want to understand them. The, th the next two are really, I think, are the ones that point more towards authenticity. The, the first one is vulnerability, right? So being vulnerable and not like... Uh, a sappy kind of way, right? <laughs> but being willing to share yourself and put yourself at risk and then empathy, right? Really uh, understanding where they're coming from and caring about that as well. I think when you yeah. put those two things together, you're able to make connections much faster. Oh, I love that. I love that. Now I would package that whole thing up with a little bit of sense of humor and just don't take yes. yourself that seriously. Indeed. And that's how people then can connect with you. But I love that. That's a great breakdown. 
Yeah, very cool. Um, the other side of doing a lot of travel, seeing a bunch of cultures is um, you end up being, I think you end up having a lot less biases, right? Mm-hmm. I always tell people that the best way to reduce their biases is to travel around the world. That's what happened for me, right? When you start seeing people from other cultures, you start realizing while we're different, we're really alike in a lot of ways too. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a great first step. I think the next step in it, though, is to not feel like you're trying to take down all of your biases because Mm. they're inherent in who we are. I think it's you hit the nail on the head with the first part of uh, communication and that self-awareness. To me, I actually don't mind when, um, you know, I can see a bias that's inherent in something I just thought or a judgment or a, you know, perspective. I go, oh, isn't that interesting? And Mm -hmm. so you kind of touched on it in the second thing is to say be curious and I I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing to have a bias we all have a point of view we all grew up a certain way you know we we can't get rid of that but we can observe it and Mm -hmm. we can you know see it for what it is kind of pick it up maybe look at it from a different perspective put it back down and decide is that really what we want to keep or do we want to throw that one away and so I but I just want to kind of add to that is that but we're not trying to throw them all away. We all mm-hmm. have to have our point of view. And and there's something really rich about tapping into, you know, your particular bias. I, I mean, I'm, I'm incredibly biased toward family. I'm incredibly biased, uh, you know, to a lot of things that are great. I'm really biased towards incredibly hard work. There's a lot of things I think that are really great. It's about how do we deal with those. I think that's a great point. And I think that right now in in this time, a lot of people are struggling with both sides of that, right? We're either yelling about how biased we are and believe in what we're all about, or we're afraid to share anything at all that is opinionated because we're, you know, we don't want to be put into a category um, or offend anybody. And it's really tough to, I think, find that honest middle ground. Yeah. And I do think you kind of go back to the first things you said is that self-awareness and that you're right that there's like a culture right now where we, where we don't seem to be able to really dissuade someone. But on the other hand, when that's happening, people typically aren't coming into a conversation willing to be swayed themselves either. And so again, you know, that's the kind of bait you put out. That's the kind of fish you're going to get, or you can really be, completely for open dialogue and asking people to help you change your mind and being clear about what you believe or what you feel. And, you know, your second point was be curious, you know, Mm -hmm. quit writing someone off because they see it differently than you do and get curious about why, why it is so different and find out if it's a compelling reason or not. Yeah. Yeah. So, so speaking about curious, I know that you pride yourself in, in asking the hard questions, right? Or at least being willing to ask the hard questions, have those hard conversations. Tell me a bit about where that comes from and and how we can all get better at doing that. Oh, I love that. My LinkedIn profile actually says that I am a slightly annoying truth teller (laughs) powered by my husband's homemade bread. (laughs) And there you go. Now you totally understand me. But I, you know, joke around about that and say, you know, slightly annoying because on one hand, we really do want to know the truth, or at least I want to be around people who really do want to know the truth. So that's what I'm putting out there so that I can get that kind of fish. Those are the people I want to have around me, right? But I think the truth teller really hits home for me in business in that I straddle the line between entrepreneur and also CEO of a marketing agency. And marketing for 
for right or for wrong, gets a little bit of a rap for being maybe a little bit of shysters or maybe a little bit of snake oil or, you know, maybe fluffy marketing or, you know, uh, creative ideas, you know, whatever it is. Um, But we're very, you know, based in actual deliverables. So we're a little bit different. But the whole idea of like the truth telling aspect of it for me is, is really saying, but at the end of the day, marketing is here to drive business impact and whether that's uh, impact socially, culturally, or financially, whatever it is, get in touch with what impact it is you're trying to make at your company. But if you're going to spend money on marketing, then it better actually deliver. Mm-hmm. And there historically have been marketers who are not interested in having their feet held to the fire for the actual results. And I'm not saying we can guarantee every kind of result, but there better be trackables and, and deliverables on some element of marketing. And so when I say I'm a truth teller, it's because sometimes I poke the bear with clients and say, yeah, but we can't measure that. Or we say, but that's not going to bring you revenue. Or wait a minute, you just told me your values were this. And then it's the other way around. Like a, a key one is a lot of times they're like, you know, our employees come first. I'm like, yeah, but three minutes ago, you just told me your customers come first. So somebody has to come <laughs> first, you know, and it's like, I'm an annoying truth teller. And that's kind of force people to pick a side, pick a bias, you know, own it, recognize it, see it, and then I can create a plan around that to amplify it. So I like to tell people the truth, even if sometimes the truth is this is not a good plan and we need to backtrack and let's figure out how do we go forward? How do we make your your goals happen or the Laverne and Shirley dream for me, which is to make all your dreams come true. Awesome. While eating homemade bread. Yes. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Which is awesome. Homemade bread is awesome. Um, so what is the reaction typically like when, when you, you know, you drop a truth like that in front of a, a CEO who maybe isn't used to hearing truth like that or a CMO? Right. Well, that's interesting, kind of the way you put it, dropping that truth. And I think it is all how you do it, because I don't necessarily drop a truth and say this is a truth. I say, isn't this interesting? This is what I perceive. Or Mm. could it be true that this is also happening? Or couldn't the opposite be true? You know, and I think I poke at it a little bit. And I'm a truth teller in that I'm saying that maybe we have a problem or a clarity issue or we're out of alignment, but I'm not coming into it with my ego saying, I know what the truth is. I just basically in saying, I, you know, I'm willing to put my ego aside for a bit if you are too, and we could try and figure out what really is this problem. Yeah. Yeah. I think question asking is a great way to try to bring about truth, right? You don't challenge them necessarily, but you ask a question that gets them to think about it and maybe challenge himself a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I think my biggest um, phrase I use a lot of times with the, the actual strategy work that we do is I tell potential clients, look, I don't know the answers. I don't know your personas. I don't know the strategy. I don't know what that. And, and I promise you that you do, but you don't know you do and it's not codified. So if you could show up to this meeting I do know what strategic questions to ask and what order to put those questions in that'll help us get there. But the truth is going to have to fall out of your mouth. I'm going to have to be there to catch it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and actually my next questions were going to be around communicating and connecting with customers from a marketing perspective. So I'd love to get your thoughts on what are some of those fundamental questions that need to be answered to be able to start to build those personas and connect with those customers. Well, you know, a funny, a funny one is that I think not a lot of people ask business owners is how do you make money? Mm. <laughs> 
And I have a really good friend, uh, Peter Leviton of, of old Saatchi and Saatchi fame. And we, we chat all the time. We're old talk shoppers um, kind of people. But um, he said that his favorite question always when he went in to talk with a, a client or a potential client is he'd ask the person in charge, um, what is your bonus dependent upon? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, that's an even better question, Peter, because, you know, you are tapping into what it is that someone's, you know, trying to accomplish. You need to understand where they're coming from. It makes me think of Mark Van Doren's book called How to Read a Book. And it's basically, don't crack the book open first. See who published it. See what the title is. Look at the department. What year was it? Like, these are all things that are, it's, it's all propaganda. They're all trying to get you to do something. So, you know, can you first get curious about where are we starting before we just all dive in and, you know, and, and we're not even clear about, you know, the hilarious thing in a business, how do we make money? But mm-hmm. people will struggle with that very basic question. And yet that very basic question is at the core of really having the best communication with business owners, especially when you're asking them to spend more money. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's interesting. So then once you kind of have clarity around those things, what are the keys to connecting with customers to get them to take more of that action that makes you money? Well, kind of how we started, like, you know, where I go personally is what is this person interested in? What do they need out of this relationship? I know what I need as a kid. I was like, I'm going to be moving in nine months. So can we please get to this friendship right away so I don't have to be lonely here? (laughs) You know, and people who played along with that became very good friends, you know, of mine. And they didn't, you know, get you know, overly dramatic when I moved because I was already going to move. <laughs> you know? They knew it the whole time. <laughs> exactly. But this is the foundational work that we do at Little Bird Marketing, which is persona work. And so you ask, how do I get a, um, you know, a customer to buy more or engage more or whatever, whatever the action is that we need them to do? Well, we can't go in there and, and ask them to do it for all of our reasons. We need to do the research, spend the time and figure out why are they here? Are they the most ideal client for us? If they are, what's motivating them? What's, what, what are the bigger whys? What's, what is the pain that our product or service uh, solves? And let's talk specifically about that. So I kind of take a for example of, I'm just going to pull something out of the air. Like, let's talk about maybe a, a client that is a, um, a therapist, like, okay, so you might say, oh, we, you know, specialize in, this is, would be a marketing message. We specialize in marriage and family therapy and, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. We're open on these days and um, we do sliding scale, you know, payment agreements. That would be what someone says, okay, that's the marketing message. But if you're a family and, and marriage counselor, I think a better marketing message would be, are you sick and tired? of laying next to somebody every night and that five inches seems like 5,000 miles. Mm -hmm. So one is, you know, just this, how do I get them to buy by telling them the facts? I mean, look at our our culture today. The facts do nothing for anyone. (laughs) Nobody makes big decisions based on facts anymore and for good or for ill. But consumers are basing it on, well, what's really my pain? You know, how do you, have you built rapport enough with me? Do you know what's going on with me? Have you done that work? And can you solve it? And so I think in terms of how do we get our, how do we communicate better with our customers is that we are kind. We spend the time actually thinking about things from their perspective. What is keeping them up on Sunday night 
what is getting them going on Monday morning? Can we be a part of some of that motivation and that why in their life? For sure, for sure. I think that that is powerful for anybody selling anything, right? Even if it's face-to-face, if it's B2B, not just for social media and advertising and regular marketing stuff. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's really key also when you want to take your kid and go into a store and get out of there within a reasonable amount of time. It's just best to see it from their perspective and say, listen, buddy, I know, you know, you're super annoyed by me and you don't like doing, (laughs) you know, uh, errands, but I'll tell you what, I understand you're going to want to look at the toy aisle. How about we do that for five minutes, then I'm going to do my thing and then we're going to get out of here as soon as possible. And it's this kind of like upfront contract really about, you know, what's going to happen. This is just a little bit of better communication that tells, you know, my little buddy, hey, I see things from your perspective. And so we could have an agreeable, you know, uh, relationship here, even if this is involves 20 minutes of our lives, because I've seen it in that moment from your perspective. And you mentioned at the beginning, number three and number four, vulnerability and empathy. And that's Mm -hmm. all that is, is going to say, look, vulnerability is here. I've got to get this done. And I also don't don't like doing errands, but the empathy is going, and I know you don't either, but what say you, (laughs) then we join together and we don't make this miserable. And, you know, what is, you know, what is communicating with our clients or potential clients, but mixing that vulnerability and empathy and really understanding their needs from their perspective and not harping on our own, our own features and benefits. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So switch topics a little bit. I know from talking to you previously that you have, um, I guess you went through a pretty big challenge, right? From business and a personal perspective a number of years ago. And we we talked a little bit about what you learned about communicating through that challenge. If you could share a little bit about what that challenge was and kind of what you learned, I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. So back in 2011, um, I live at this point near Joplin, Missouri, and um, in about 21 minutes time, we lost about 35% of our town to um, a series of F5 tornadoes. Um, And yeah, (laughs) it's kind of hard to even kind of get that out of my mouth. So, um, and then uh, three weeks later, I stood on the sidewalk and watched my creative studio burn to the ground. And here our whole community is in the throw of just, you know, I mean, this is the first F5 on, you know, the national record. It's just a nightmare. Um, You know, businesses are trying to get in town, you know, uh, (laughs) um, people's houses are gone. We're still burying friends and still, you know, funeral after funeral. And, you know, just, and in the middle of that, then, you know, I think, oh my gosh, I've been spared. And then three weeks later to just watch everything go up in smoke. And that's a literal statement. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, and, uh, you know, through that process, there was a couple of things that I learned. And it, there, there is some beauty in that, in that I did reimagine uh, parts of my life and especially my work life. And I got a really great opportunity to start over. And um, I, I did see it to some degree for what it was then. But obviously that kind of a deep, you know, a deeper view of it only really becomes clear as you walk through it. So mm-hmm. at least I was willing to take that next step and start over and, and today just like, just begin, right? But I think my biggest lesson from that was that 
you know, I just had so many friends own businesses go through the tornado and they had, they were people in my office using our computer. I mean, can you imagine like, you know, 35% of a town's, you know, um, you know, business is gone. You know, you can't go to Best Buy and just grab a computer. Sorry. I mean, there are none, <laughs> you know, yeah. and everything's out and everybody needs an office chair and everybody needs, a, you know, I mean, it's just, it's too much, you know, it, it's too much pressure. And uh, I had a lot of people, you know, coming using my Wi-Fi, coming in and out of my office. Hey, do you need to borrow this computer? Hey, we got three laptops in the back. Go grab those. And just helping everybody. You help who you can, when you can, as much as you can, to the degree that you can. I mean, just like Mm -hmm. you just anything that you can in the moment. And I did not know that, um, gosh, I'm getting a little choked. I don't talk about this very often, but I did not know that just three weeks later, I would be the recipient of that kind of help. And I think what's really awesome about it is that it is very cool to help people, but it is also really cool to get helped. Mm -hmm. And I went, one of my friends at that time who, you know, very successful business guy, I helped him when he lost all of his offices during the tornado and he was up and running by three weeks after. And so he came and he's like on the sidewalk while my place was burning. He's like, you need to come see me today. I've already been through this. And so I went to see him and he told me some very hard things that day that I needed to go do. And he goes, I know you're not going to want to do these. Just listen to what I'm saying. Don't cry, but listen to what I'm saying. And he told me a couple of things I needed to do right then. And they were very difficult to do. But, you know, about eight months after, maybe eight or nine months after I was out having a beer with him and just kind of chatting about like what happened and, you know, just being grateful to him for helping me through all of that. And he goes, you know what the funny thing is, Priscilla? is that a lot of people asked me for help and then I gave them the help and then they didn't do what I said or they didn't take the help. He goes, you are helpable. And I was like, that was such a valuable lesson to me because I think we can, first of all, a lot of people are afraid to ask for help and I just don't think there's any shame in asking for help. But I think you also can't live your life like I'm a helper or, you know, that's not the that's not the most positive side. You can't really have a deep and a great conversation or relationship if you're not the helper sometimes and the person being helped sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so be honest about what ways can you help people and what ways can they help you. And just case in point, and I know I'm hopefully I'm not going too long here, but case no, in no. point, when the global pandemic hit, you know, we had a lot of people within our industry being like, hey, who needs help? Who needs help? And people were saying, hey, sign up over here if you need help about something and sign up over here telling us what your expertise is if you, you know, can help someone. And I signed up on both sides. I was like, Mm -hmm. hey, I can help someone with this, this, and this. And then I need help with this and this and this. And I got connected with people. And the guy who put it together, my friend Patrick, he was like, you're the only person who signed up for both sides. (laughs) And I'm like, listen, dude, I've already done this before. We're all people who can help and we're all people who can get help. So figure it out. Which one do you need? (laughs) Yeah, it really brings full circle that vulnerability and empathy conversation, right? You had a lot of empathy for folks in trouble, but then you had to have a lot of vulnerability once you had had a need. And then you had to hear some hard truths and take action. So it really brought everything back around. Yeah, Um, I'm glad that um, you're on the up and up from there and you've rebuilt your business and and you're in in a much better place now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it, you know, the journey is is super fun, but you really have deep relationships with people because you have been through the hard things together. And there's just a, a real value there. Um, people who you know, I, I call them my sidewalk people. You know, when your place is burning, who's who's standing there? Just look mm-hmm. around for a minute and get a little bit of gratitude for the people who do show up for you in the worst times of your life. 
Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So just a few questions left for you that I'd like to ask everybody who I have on the show. First one is around the power of conversation. So I really believe that just one conversation can really change the direction that you take in your life. So I'd love to ask my guests if there's one conversation they can point to that they had in their lives that led them down maybe a different path or really influenced them somehow. Well, I, I do have one and I wish that I really could learn this lesson, but it's a conversation <laughs> that I had that keeps impacting me largely because I feel like I have so much more to learn on it. And it was, I was down in El Salvador um, visiting um, some family and somebody spoke one evening at someone's home. It was a very impromptu kind of thing. Um, it was actually the father of my, my brother-in-law. So not my generation, <laughs> not a person I'm normally around and not a group I've ever been in, just at somebody's home having an interesting expat conversation. And he talked about this book um, called Margins. And he talked about this concept of, you know, how everybody says, you know, um, get outside your comfort zone and stretch yourself and all this stuff. And I always was like, okay, I mean, yeah, I guess that's good. Grow and all that. And he came that night and had, we ended up having a conversation about how so many times our society is pushing us to grow and get outside our comfort zone and do the thing that's unexpected and adventure and all stuff. And he's like, there's a lot to be said for playing to your strengths, Priscilla. Mm-hmm. And I, it was so intrigued that we ended up having a very deep conversation about it. He's just like, it comes down to a book that he had read about margins, about how we don't put enough margins in our life. Like we run, 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 run. And so there are very few places where we're comfortable, where we're at home, you know, in ourselves, in our own mind, in our own body, in our own emotions or whatever, you know, it's just too much. And then you layer that on top and people put this cultural, you know, push. And let me tell you, it's even stronger on entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. of this, you know, take a risk, do the big thing, you know, you won't be successful or you don't look like Gary Vee if you're not a complete nut, you know, whatever (laughs) it is, there's a lot of pressure on that. And I have to say, yeah, I get it. There's risk. I'm, I'm not a risk averse, but I also do believe that this conversation changed the way I think. And I wish I could own it more and I wish I could really tap in, but I always strive to come back to it and say, if something's going wrong in my life or I'm feeling pressed and I'm feeling very stressed or things aren't, aren't connecting, I think, oh, okay, Priscilla, come back to home base, play to your strengths, do what you know you can do naturally, rely on those natural talents and quit doing things that are just so stressful because that is a choice. And that's something that, yes, it's a conversation that changed my life, but I wish it would change my life a little bit more. (laughs) (laughs) It's over time. It happens over time. Life's Life's a balance, right? It goes back and forth. As long as you keep it in the forefront and make that shift when you have to, I think it's still having a significant impact on you. Right. Right. Yeah. So second question, as you think about all that you've accomplished so far, if there's one communication skill that you could have had in more abundance, that would have made it a lot easier for you. What would that have been? Oh, I hate that I talk over people all the time. (laughs) I just, I get so freaking excited about what we're talking about. It is everything I can do sometime to be like, okay, finish, finish, finish. And it's not that I'm thinking about what I'm going to say. It's that I like, I am so like, yeah, 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 exactly that, that, that. And I'll, I'll tack on to that. I, when I'm with people that are just really firing on a, a passionate idea or they're getting inspired, I, I really have a hard time not speaking over people. And I, and, and sometimes I realize people who really know me are get excited because they're like, okay, she's in, but people who don't know me, that really is not a, a good way to build rapport. Mm-hmm. 
is speaking over someone. And mm-hmm. so I wish that were something that I could really, you know, master much quicker. But again, over time, there is that self-awareness piece there. And so sometimes when I notice that I'm doing it, I can stop myself. And um, I like to use this mantra from uh, uh, um, Gabby, oh, what's her name? Bernstein from um, Miracles Now. She says, wait, why am I talking? (laughs) (laughs) And I love that acronym because sometimes I'm like, gosh, why don't I think about it? And sometimes I can tell someone, hey, wait, 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 wait. I'm going to tell you why I'm talking because I'm so excited, but I'm, I'm struggling. I'm struggling to be quiet because you're, 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 you're lighting me up in a way that I, I really love. And so I'm so, so sorry right now that I keep talking over you. It's not because I don't value what you're saying. It's because I'm so excited, but I'm going to shut up now. You, you tell me, you, you tell me what, you know, I'm like, or I'll be like, hold my hand until, and then let it go when it's time for me to talk, you know, just bring that self-awareness in and at least have a little bit of fun with it. And that's, that's the one thing I wish I could maybe tame a little bit more. Yeah. And I think that uh, taking that approach really makes the other person feel good as well, right? They feel like they're connecting with you and impacting you. And, and that always, I, I think, builds somebody up inside. So I think that's a pretty great approach. <laughs> Last question for you. Who is the best communicator that you know, either know personally or know of? You don't necessarily have to know them in your life. Um, and they don't have to be alive either. And, and why do you say that about them? Well, I would say for sure, my friend Doug Hutchinson, he is such a great communicator. And if I kind of look back on all the things we just talked about, about seeing it from someone else's perspective, um, he's just been a loyal friend for, I don't know, 30 years now. And he just always have had, had that kind of care, that kind of concern. And I guess he's been careful with me as a friend. And that's one thing that I think, you know, I get so passionate, I get so crazy, I get so stuff. And I, if I, sometimes I think, oh gosh, I wish I were a little bit more careful with people. Um, I'm just so brash and brazen sometimes, but I have been the recipient of a conversation where someone has very carefully chosen their words and not talked over me. <laughs> and um, he's just always modeled that for me. And at the end of the day, he asks great questions and never never just makes a statement without asking me like eight or nine questions until he understands what it is I'm saying. And now I will give him this. He is a counselor by trade. (laughs) So maybe that's completely unfair. But, you know, even when he and his wife and my husband and I are hanging out together, it's just, it's such an amazing flow. And it's someone I admire. And I do think about a lot in communications style and think, okay, what would Doug do in this moment, (laughs) right? What would he say and how would he slow things down so that people really feel valued? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great skill to have to be able to take the time to really understand before you say something or make a statement, right? It's, it's hard for us to do. It's hard for me to do, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we can all learn to do that a little bit better. Yeah. So last, last question for you. Where can people find you? Where can they learn more about what you're up to? Where can they work with you? Yeah, of course, we're at littlebirdmarketing.com. We have so many free resources. So if you are remotely in the in the marketing uh, realm, own a small business, there's so many free things out there that we have for you. So go engage with that. It's just at littlebirdmarketing.com forward slash resources. Um, I am always out on LinkedIn. I actually teach digital transformation at companies. And, and so if you want to reach me, um, a great place to find me is LinkedIn. Uh, you can follow our company at littlebirdmktg on Twitter, or you can follow me on Twitter at littlebirdmama, and that's littlebird, M-O-M-M-A. But definitely social media is easy to reach me. But um, yeah, any question that you have, um, you can find it there. And you can also check out our podcast right there on the website, which is Ponderings from the Perch. And I do start my episode with 
playing my auto harp because it's my show and I can do whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> Your auto harp, huh? That's not something that I do on my show. Maybe mm-hmm. I should try it. Well, I get, I guarantee you I'm never going to be cool for it. I don't think I'm going to start any trends. So if you do go that way, Greg, give me a call because maybe we'll be two of the whole population of the earth. <laughs> we'll do a duet. I like it. <laughs> but, uh, well, thank you so much for taking the time to come on. I really enjoyed the conversation and, and your perspectives, and I know that the audience will as well. So thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, thank you so much, Greg. You're a great interviewer, by the way. Very good listener. You know how to bring it to the next level. So talk about the art of communication. Uh, Kudos to you. Uh, Thank you for that. I think we both lived up to the expectations we said at the beginning of the show. So thank you. (laughs) Don't let the momentum stop now. Continue your path towards connecting at another level by joining the Communication Nation. We'll be discussing today's topics as well as more real-world solutions to transforming your life personally and professionally at facebook.com slash groups slash join the communication nation. Remember, you're only one good conversation away from transforming your business and life, and that conversation starts right here on The Art of Communication.